This message is presented by Pastor Chuck Wilson. Okay, my name is Chuck Wilson. I'm at New Hope Community Church, pastor there, and decided to do a video series on biblical prophecy on the side, in addition to the Sundays, because there's been so many questions, a lot of people asking me questions, so I figured I would get started on something. And it's just, look what's happening in our world. The coronavirus, and the fires, and the earthquakes, and the extreme weather, and the locust plagues, and the worldwide political upheaval, especially in the United States, has sparked a lot of fear. Oh, lots of fear. And it's also created a lot of spiritual interest. Now, none of this should surprise us, should catch us as Christians off guard, like the rest of the world's being caught off guard. It shouldn't. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 to 4, it says this. Now, brothers, talking to Christians, now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. The world's going to be shocked, completely shocked. But we shouldn't be shocked. We don't know times and dates. He says we can't know times and dates, but we should recognize that it's coming. We should, we can't predict the date, but we shouldn't be surprised when it comes because we've been watching the signs all along the way, which we're going to be talking about here, uh, the next couple, uh, series that we're going to do. Now, the, what I'm going to do is talk about biblical prophecy, and I entitled this, Making Sense of This Crazy World. Making sense of this crazy world. And we're going to use Mark 13. First, we're going to start with Mark 13 and Matthew 24. And then I'm going to go into Daniel and Revelation. So we're going to have some fun. It's going to go for a while, but we have time, right? Uh, <laughs> everybody's got a lot of time. Uh, there's a graphic just underneath the video that you're watching on the YouTube. Uh, underneath, there's a little circle and uh, it has a, two parents with a kid. You just click, click, click on under the circle. There's an attachment that um, under the circle, there's an attachment that has the verses and an outline of what we're going to be doing. But basically, we're going to look at the the second coming of Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at birth pains, contractions, the birth itself, and then being prepared for what's coming our way. So we're going to look at those four different parts here, okay? And uh, we're going to talk about how we can be prepared for this. Let's start with prayer. Father, we pray for your mercy and grace to understand your word and be, be ready and that we're not going to be shocked like the world is shocked, that, that it's going to hit, it's going to be hard, but we're not going to be shocked, we're not going to be surprised, and we're going to know that you are in control and you have us in your hands. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's uh, let's pick it up here with Mark 13. And we're going to take, once again, we're going to take Four weeks on this particular section, Mark 13, Matthew 24, we're going to look at the second coming, birth pains, contractions, the birth itself, and preparation. The first one is the birth pains. This is number one, are you ready, part one. Are you ready, part one, the second coming, birth pains, birth pains. And we're going to pick it up with Mark 13, verses one to four, first of all. And Jesus as says here, as he was leaving the temple... One of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, 
Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they're about to be fulfilled? Fulfilled. The disciples were saying, look at this temple. This huge temple. It's very impressive. Huge stones. Now, we know the first temple was built by Solomon, but it was destroyed by the Babylonians, right? And then the second temple was rebuilt, and that was rebuilt by Ezra, right? Ezra was in on that. Remember, Ezra and Nehemiah came back and they rebuilt it. But King Herod comes along and he remodeled it and he made it huge, huge. It was one of the architectural wonders of the Roman world. Massive. Josephus, the the Jewish historian Josephus said they used these white stones that were somewhere 37 feet long, 18 feet wide, and 12 feet high. This was before we had tractors and bulldozers and and machines, right? Amazing what they did. And Jesus said, wow, yeah, very impressive, but not one stone will be left on another. They'll be completely destroyed. The religious leaders, because as we saw, as you see in the book of Mark here in Matthew, the religious leaders had rejected Jesus as the Messiah. And now he will reject them and their temple for now. But as we will, as we'll read, as we go along here in, in, Mark 13, Matthew 24, and later in Daniel and Revelation, we're going to see that the temple will be rebuilt in the end times. In the end times, the temple being rebuilt. That's a signal as we're going to study this. Whenever you see the, the, the temple being rebuilt, you know we are close, 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 okay? But in 70 AD, according to Jesus' prophecy, it fulfilled this. In 70 AD, the Romans fulfilled his prophecy by destroying that temple. They burned it. The gold ran down into the cracks between the stones, and so the the Romans pried the stones apart and to get the at the gold that was in between. That's why one not one stone left on another, even though these massive stones they were still not left one on another. And the disciples are shocked. <clears throat> They're shocked by what he says here. They're like, "What? When? When's this going to happen? What are the signs that this this is close?" But Jesus now here in verse five jumps prophetically. To the end times. To the end times he jumps. To his second coming. Verse 4 and 5, there's a jump from 70 AD to to the the book of Revelation and the second coming. Far beyond 70 AD and he gives us signs for that. He jumps all the way out and he starts off talking about birth pains. Back to Mark 13, verses 5 to 8, he talks about the birth pains. Jesus said to them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I am he and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. The birth pains. Now, you know when a baby's going to be born, <clears throat> when a baby's going to be born, the uh, uh, first come birth pains. And they just come out of nowhere. Everything looks like no big deal. And all of a sudden, boof, the birth pains come. I remember when we had our first child, Ryan, we we're in Mississippi on a mission trip. And the doctor said, yeah, go on. Your wife can go with you. It's a month till birth. Babies never come early, the, the first baby. So we were in Mississippi and we were, uh, we were watching the fireworks. And a couple of the kids snuck off. A couple of the girls snuck off. So Kim tracked them down. I was reading them the riot act. I'll never forget we're sitting there. She was reading them the riot act. Great preparation for parenting. And, uh, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden the fireworks are going and all of a sudden she's like, something's funny. Something doesn't feel right. 
had the baby right there in Mississippi. That's a whole other story. Crazy, crazy. But just out of nowhere. So the birth pains come hit out of nowhere. Then the contractions come along and they increase in frequency and intensity. That's what birth pains do. That's how you know the baby is getting close. Okay. So we're going to look at the birth pains this week. Next week, we're going to look at the contractions increasing and then we'll see the birth. But first of all, the birth pain number one, what we just saw here in Mark 13, we saw birth pain number one is verses five and six. I'll read it to you again. Jesus said to them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I am he and will deceive many. Will deceive many. So the birth pain number one, he's talking to us here and he says, watch out. Watch out. We'll see this repeated all throughout this chapter. Very vital to watch out. He says, watch out that no one deceives you. This is a big Danger for all of us then and then and today, right? Many will come in my name claiming I am he. I am he. So uh, I'm going to read Matthew 24 because it brings it out a little better even, a little more detail. Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5, where he says, uh, here we are. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. Will deceive many. The, that I am the Christ, this is a warning saying he, Christ, uh, we see what he's talking about there in, in Mark 13, but he's warning against false Christs, false messiahs, false messiahs. This is the birth pain number one, false messiahs. Jewish history tells us that by the time Jesus came along, there had already been 64 false messiahs, false messiahs. And even after Jesus, in 135 AD, Simon bar Kokhba was held as the Messiah. He was accepted by the, the, the Jews that were left in the land, held as Messiah. He led a revolt against Rome, and he was killed, and they were crushed. They were, Israel was wiped off the map for almost 2,000 years until now. Until now, 1948, this is God's time. The miracle has occurred to prepare for Jesus' second coming. Couldn't happen until Israel was back in the land, till Jerusalem was back there again. I mean, think about it. Jesus is coming back to Israel. He's coming back to Jerusalem. It has to be there before Jesus can come again, okay? So we see that. Um, the miracle is there the, to prepare for the second coming. Now, all throughout history, back to the false messiahs, all throughout history, many have claimed to be the messiah. Many today, just search on the internet. There's lots of cults like the Moonies. A lot of you remember the Reverend Moon was one of them, one of the countless ones. He said, I am Jesus, right? And even the Muslims are looking for their Mahdi, the Mahdi. They're looking for the messiah. But there's another way. Many false messiahs all throughout history, increasing, increasing. But there's another way they will deceive you. And that is that he says, he says, uh, many will come in my name claiming I'm the Christ and will deceive many. They will say, yes, Jesus is the Christ, but they'll do it with a twist. This is another way that they'll deceive using the Messiah problem, uh, Messiah birth pains. They will say Jesus is the Christ. Yes. But with a twist, they'll preach Jesus, but a different Jesus. A different one, a different Jesus. You think of uh, the cults, like the Mormon cult. It's not another Christian denomination. That is a, a cult. They say, we believe in Jesus, 
But the Jesus they believe in is a vastly different Jesus. Their Jesus is a, a false Jesus. It's not the biblical Jesus. The, their Jesus they got by the angel Morani. Angel Morani, and he gave them the Book of Mormon to Joseph Smith. And the Jesus they have there is a different Jesus, and it's a different salvation. That Jesus was actually the brother of of, of Satan, of Lucifer. And uh, it, I don't know, it's a completely different Jesus. It's a completely different salvation. It's a work salvation, following the works laid out in the Book of Mormon. But we know this angel Morani gave this to him, but Galatians 1.8 says, But even if we... Or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. And this is an angel from heaven preaching a different Jesus and a different salvation, condemned. Paul's literally saying they can go to hell. That's what he's saying. And that's where people will go if they follow a false Jesus and a false salvation. Sadly, 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 this deception. We see this deception, though, the same Messiah, Jesus, uh, false Jesus, deception morphing into a, a whole new deception today. A whole new mantra. Always lead to the same God. It doesn't matter who your Messiah is. Yes, Jesus is God's son, but so is Buddha. So was Muhammad. So is, and down the list, all the different religious leaders, like, we're all the same. And, and this is the new deception, a, a, a messianic deception, that they're all the same. Even the Pope today, even the Pope today has, has said some very, very scary things. Now, listen, if you're Roman Catholic, this is not a, what I'm going to talk about right now is not Roman Catholic versus Protestant. This has nothing to do with that. This is a whole different thing. I, I know some, some, I have lots of very good Catholic friends that are strong in the word and I believe are truly Christian. And, and many of them are very, very, they're mortified by the present day Pope, Pope Francis. They're mortified because they believe he's a false teacher. And, and one of the main ways is he says all religions worship the same God. Why would he do that? He is angling, he is angling to head up the one world church that we're going to see prophesied in Daniel and Revelation. The one world church. And, and it's going to be headed up by the, the revived Roman Empire. Who else could head it up except the, 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 the Pope? It's the only one who could head that up in Rome, right? And he's the only one who could lead. And it was in order to do this, so it's going to take an apostate Pope. An apostate pope. And I really believe that we, and many of my strong Catholic friends believe that that's exactly what is there now. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. The, the early church, the New Testament church faced intense persecution because they would not go along with emperor worship, that you had to worship the emperor as a god. It was, they did, the, the Romans didn't care if you worship Jesus. But you had to worship the emperor too, and all the Roman deities and all the different deities. But you had to worship Caesar too. The only ones who wouldn't go along with this were the Christians. And that's why there was intense persecution. And today, we're the only ones who don't go along. Only the truly born-again, Bible-believing uh, disciples of Jesus Christ, whether you're Protestant or, or, or Roman Catholic, doesn't matter. The ones who truly have put their faith in Jesus, they're the only ones who can't go along with this. But the Pope, and this is why so many of my Catholic friends think the Pope is apostate, and I agree with them. Pope Fran Listen to this. Pope Francis calls for collaboration with the world's religions, those who meet God in different ways. In his first ever video declaring this... Uh, where's the date on this? Well, anyway. Uh, uh, oh, here he is. January 9th, 2016. 
In his first ever video declaring his prayer intentions, Pope Francis called for dialogue and collaboration among those of various world religions on Tuesday, asserting they are simply seeking or meeting God in different ways. This is the Pope. There's a lot of Popes rolling over in their grave right now over this one, let me tell you. The video then features clips of those from different world religions declaring belief in their various deities. I have confidence in Buddha, a, Vita, a, a, a female Lama announces. I believe in God, a rabbi affirms. I believe in Jesus Christ, a priest states. I believe in Allah, an Islamic leader declares. Francis contends that all the religions of the world simply represent mankind's diversity in seeking God. He says that despite the differing beliefs, everyone is a child of the same God. Many think differently, feel differently, seeking God or meeting God in different ways, he states. In this crowd, in this range of religions, there is only one certainty that we all have for all. We are all children of God. Passing out the flowers, you can see it already. Then the, the video then provides footage of the pontiff meeting and embracing those of various religions, including Buddhists, Islamists, and Orthodox Jews. It again cuts to the representatives of the world's religions who now declare the same statement, I believe in love. I believe in love. This is shocking. Shocking. Unbelievable. Muslim Christian. Are you kidding me? Same God. The Quran and the, and the Bible. The, you read the two and they couldn't be any more different than they are. It's shocking. God's not schizophrenic. You know, uh, I was in India. Millions of gods. And some are, they worship rats, some people. You're telling me you can pray to a rat and you're still praying to God? The father of Jesus Christ? It's, it's just, it's unbelievable that, that he, that, that the, even the, the Pope obviously angling to head up the one world church. Unbelievable. The, the early church was persecuted. This is completely opposite of the popes in the best. The early church was persecuted by Rome because they wouldn't worship the Roman gods or bow down to Caesar. They said there's one way and that's why they were killed. John 14, 6. I am the, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4, 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. <laughs> Woo! All right, so birth pain number one, the, the false messiahs. Birth pain number two, back to Mark 13, 7 and 8. And uh, don't worry, I'm going to pick on the evangelicals and, and everybody. I'm not just picking on one group with when it comes to the, the Christians, okay? Just hold on to your, just wait till we get through this whole series. <clears throat> but 13, 7 to 8. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. <coughs> nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. So birth pain number two we see is wars. Starting with the war that destroyed Jerusalem and just the, was just the beginning of these birth pains. Then the Roman wars that rocked the world and ultimately destroyed Rome. All throughout history, there's been one constant, and that is war. But what do we watch for? It's the frequency and intensity. The frequency and intensity. And just think of the 20th century. What we some some of you were alive for that. What uh, I was. Uh, what you saw. I wasn't there for the wars, but I was there during that century. Uh, I was born in 1961, right after the World War One and World War Two. 
World War One and Two, they convulsed the world. The savagery and the death were un unprecedented. World War One and World War Two, we saw that happening. So those two wars are a sign, I believe, that that the that we're getting closer. We're getting closer. The birth pains and the and the, and the intensity. Birth pains number three and four was from verse eight. Earthquakes. Now, there are many conflicting statistics on earthquakes, but it's something to watch for, increasing in frequency and intensity. So I, uh, there's so many different opinions, so I just looked it up. I w searched and I looked for the, the 25 worst earthquakes in history, in history, based on uh, the, the, the damage and uh, the, the magnitude and the deaths. And the first 1,000 years, only one of the top 25 were in the first 1,000 uh, years. In the next 1,800 years, uh, from 1,000 1, 1, BT to, say, 1,800, there were eight more. Eight more. Then in the next century, 1,900s, there were 10 more. In just 100 years this time, not 800 years, it, there were 10 more. And then since the year 2000, which is just uh, 20 years ago, there have already been six already. So there's definitely, we're definitely seeing an increase with the earthquakes. Paying attention, paying attention. The, the frequency and the intensity. Then the last birth pain here is the famines. I did a, a search again and it appears that famines are increasing in frequency and intensity. But it's hard because they get interpreted different ways. Many are blamed on man-made causes like war. All right, so they say, well, it's really war causing this, but all, especially climate change gets blamed. Climate change. Everything gets blamed on climate change. I, I read the book of Revelation, I'm like, how could people not see Jesus' judgment in the book of Revelation when he's, all these things are happening? And, I'm, and I've started to think they're going to have to find a secondary cause. And I, I think that's what they'll find. They're going to blame it on climate change. You know, the, the, earth, the, 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 the seas are turning to blood. Well, that's climate change. It's not God's judgment. But the thing to remember is no matter what the cause, God is, is still in control. And Jesus predicted it. And so you can say climate change, you can say war, you can say whatever you want, but God is, bringing the, is still in control of this, okay? Now, all these are the beginnings of birth pains. The beginnings of birth pains, and they will increase in intensity and frequency from the time of Christ till now. I believe we are seeing that. I think we're even the last hundred years we've seen a huge increase in intensity and frequency in these birth pains. And next week we're going to look at I'm going to call we're going to look at the contraction phase next week, uh, next time. Don't miss it. The, the contraction phase. In fact, I hope to put it out pretty quickly. But the key for today, we saw the beginning of the birth pains. I think it's pretty clear that we're seeing birth pains. And now we're going to look at the contractions next and see if the contractions are getting close together and increasing in intensity. And I think it's, we're going to open some eyes uh, with this, uh, especially what's going on in the world today. So don't miss the, the next talk that I do on this. But the key today, the, what I want to leave you with is watch out that no one deceives you. That's the thing that jumps out us here in the beginning of Mark 13. Watch out that no one deceives you. As Christians, we have to read the Bible and the news and, 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 and connect the dots that God is at work in the world every day. He's not this guy who just disappeared. His providence is at work. His sovereignty is at work every day. And it's so important that we stick to God's word. Stick to God's word. Let that mold our minds and our world view. Not the media, not the culture, not all the garbage out there. There's so many Christians being 
conformed. Uh, there's, we, we don't let that mold our minds. Remember that there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. No matter what popes or presidents or the press says, popes, presidents, or press, whatever they say, it doesn't matter. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ, and we have to see things through the Bible, this has to be our worldview. Not not anybody, and not any media, and not any of that garbage. It has to be God's word. Romans twelve two. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Don't be conformed. The word for conform means to squeeze into a mold. It's the idea of taking clay or Play-Doh, squeezing it into a mold. Don't let that happen to your mind because that's what the world is constantly trying to do. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Very, very important. Be transformed. The word for transformed is metamorphe, metamorphous. It means to, to be, re, to, to be something completely different. And that's the idea there is to be transformed through God's word. And so many Christians I see, they fall for all kinds of garbage and they think like the world. And people that should know better say the craziest, craziest things. I, I'm just, I'm just shocked. And, and it's because we, we are letting, we are letting the world squeeze us. It reminds me of what happened with King Midas. A lot of you have heard of King Midas, gold, all known for gold. They actually found his grave. They think they found his grave. And they found him, and they didn't find any gold, but they did find, in Turkey, uh, they did find that he, they found this skeleton with a really weird shaped head. It was a cone shaped head. Cone-shaped head. And the reason is, is because at that time, they, uh, the high forehead was considered attractive. And they would take the little baby prince and they would wrap his head tight with these bandages and then they would force his head into a cone shape. And, and at that time, he'd come out and everybody would see the baby. Ooh, look how, look how cool he looks, right? Uh, but we look at him now and we say, well, cone head, right? But that, that's what the world does. The world squeezes us into its mold and, and, and the, all of our friends in the world and everybody's like, oh, wow, you fit right in. Well, you look good. And God thinks we look ridiculous because we've let the world squeeze us. Are we letting that happen? Be on our guard. Stick to the word. Stick to the word. And also, there's only, as, if you're not a Christian yet, you better be careful because there's only one way to see past this deception. There's deception in the world today. And when, when the, when the Antichrist comes again and, and, and starts taking over, the only way to see past the lies of the world and the enemy is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. If you don't do that, you are a prisoner of war. You have been blinded. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says this. Listen to what it says. And if you're not a Christian, this is what, this is talking about you. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. If you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have been blinded. You're, you are blind. Your eyes, your mind is blinded by, by who? By Satan himself. You are blinded. There's only one way to break free. There's only one way to, to get your cure, and that is through Jesus Christ, by putting your faith in Jesus. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in, and the blinders are off. You can see. It's shocking what you can see. You can understand God's Word. You can see what's going on in the world. You can, you can connect the dots. You are ready for the battle. You're no longer a prisoner of war. You're ready for the battle. And there's only one way to do that, 
John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him, the moment you, you say, God, I repent of my sin, I repent of my old life, I repent of everything I've ever done against you, your word, or against your will for me, I repent of that. I put my faith in Jesus. His death on the cross for me. His resurrection from the dead for me. I put my faith in Jesus and I, I want the life He gives. The moment you do that, you're, you, the Holy Spirit comes in and you become a brand new person. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Let's pray. If you're listening to this right now and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can do that right now. You might have just finally understood that you are blinded and you're a, a prisoner of Satan in the world, but you don't want to be anymore. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You can be free right this moment by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. The prayer of faith that, God, I repent of my sin. I turn away from my old rebellious life against you. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me, for my sin, to take away my shame, to make me a brand new person. I believe Jesus died for me. I put my faith in him, my trust in him. I give my life to you, Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, or if you do pray that prayer of faith, you, you have just been set free through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is living in you and you have a brand new life and a brand new purpose. And you now have the ability to fight spiritual battles, which we're going to need that ability to fight as we go into the, this end time, getting ready for Jesus to come again. You have now been set free. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody you have a Christian friend or a family member or, or email me. I'll, I'll help you find a good church wherever you are. I'll help you find a really good church. Uh, New Hope, uh, you can email me at nhcc, nhcc at uh, comcast.net. For those of us who are already Christians, how have we been conformed to the world? How have we been conformed to the world? How has our mind been squeezed? What worldly thinking have we taken on? What kind of, we've just, we've just started to think like the world thinks. We start to fit in instead of what the, God's word says, which should set us against the world. How is the Holy Spirit convicting us that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds? Father, I pray that we would all be ready for Jesus to come again. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.